Good morning, church. Let's stand together and let's worship our Lord this morning. sanctuary faithful in the storm worthy in the empty spaces worthy in my song a thousand years of endless praise will never be enough and through it all my heart will play to your unfailing
how is everybody doing? You guys all good? Welcome to Journey. My name is Brett. If this is your first time here, welcome. We're excited you guys are here. Uh, we're going to continue our time of worship right now in a time of prayer. So if you guys will join me. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you that we can come into your presence and rest this morning. We can give you all of our burdens and just be with you this morning, Lord. We thank you for all that you've done in our hearts and in our lives. Lord, we lift up those that are in need this morning. That you will be with them, Lord. That you will give them just your love right now, Lord. Just your presence. Just let them know that you are in control no matter what's going on in their lives. We give you this time, Lord. We worship you, Lord, for who you are, for what you've done in our hearts. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just a word And suddenly I'm not afraid Cause when you speak And freedom reigns And there is hope In every single word you say And I want this one word you speak Cause everything you say is life
hear me? Yes. Good morning, church. My name's Bianca, and you can take a seat. I'll stand. Um, this morning, I actually have the honor and privilege to be able to encourage us in giving. And um, so I grew up in church, and uh, my dad was a youth pastor. So I learned all my Bible stories from, like, songs. Thank you, Brett, for the backup. <laughs> um, from like songs and flannel board. And if you grew up in church, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you didn't, bless your heart because you didn't have to deal with flannel boards. But um, there was actually this one Bible story that was about Peter and John. It's in Acts. Acts 3 tells us this story. And um, I would read it to you, but it's better if I sang it to you. So the song went, um, Peter and John went to pray. They met a lame man on the way. He asked for gold. He asked for alms and put out his palms. There's like a, you know. Um, and this is what Peter did say. Silver and gold have I none, but just as I have, I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Right? And then this was the fun part for kids. You like started skipping around because the guy, he went walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. How good is that? I know. I should be on the worship team. Um, so... <laughs> This story is a really cool story, you know, and learning it as a kid, it was awesome because it's about Peter and John who were disciples of Jesus. They walked with Jesus every single day of his, well, the last three years of his life. Um, they were called by Jesus. They saw all the miracles that Jesus performed. And then there's this story after Jesus had died and resurrected and gone into heaven, and Peter and John are walking and going to the temple, right? Like they do every single day. That's actually what scripture tells us. They say many times a day they went to the temple. And this man, this lame man, was brought to the front of the gates of beautiful and was, would sit there, and he would actually ask for alms all day long. He would ask for money because he was crippled. So upon reading this story, it's like really cool because Peter's like, hey, I don't have any money, but what I do have, I'm going to give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. And the guy, like it says immediately, his legs were like strengthened, and he got up and he started running around and jumping. It says leaping and praising God. And he began to just praise God for the miracle of, you know, having legs and being able to walk. And so reading this story, it's just really cool. It's like, that's awesome. These two disciples, you know, we see miracles happening all the time. But I'm like an investigator, and I like reading the story underneath the story. And the thing about that story is that if we look at the beginning, it says that Peter and John went to the temple many times a day, right? So logically, this was the same temple that Jesus went with them every single time, right? Multiple times a day. And if this man had been sitting there, logically, if he'd been there every single day, that means Jesus Christ himself, who has the power and authority to heal people, walked past him and didn't heal him. And I think it's so interesting because we think like, Jesus should be healing all the people, the crippled people that he sees. That's his power. That's his authority. But it's beautiful because in this one time in scripture, this is actually how we see that God partners with mankind. That Jesus chose not to heal that man while he was alive because he knew. I bet you every time he walked by that man, he's like, I can't wait for that day when Peter and John get to walk past this guy. And their faith gets to be multiplied because of what they see, because of the miracle that they see. And the cool thing about, I've talked about this multiple times with giving, is that giving is not an obligatory part of our relationship with God, that God's like, I'm not going to be your God unless you give me money and you support the local church and you do this and you do that. But giving is our way of partnering with God, of being able to come with him and say, hey, I want to be a part of this ride too. I want to see the things that you saw. 
And I love that this is actually a, pi a picture in the Bible that we see that Jesus chose to, to not give a miracle in the moment that he was there because he chose to partner with Peter and John. And they actually got to see that. They actually got to see God moving through them to heal this man. So church, my encouragement to you today is I don't know if you're like Peter and John and myself and you're like, I don't have any alms. I have nothing to give financially right now, but I do have my time. I do have you know, my love and my encouragement. I want to partner with God in this place, in this house. How can I do that? Today, can we be a people that decides, God, whatever miraculous thing you chose not to do through other people, please do it through me. Give me the opportunity to be able to see people healed, to be able to see people loved, to see, be able to see people get um, fed. We're even going to talk about that today. We have an opportunity to partner with places in the Antelope Valley. We as a church have opportunity to partner with our moms group that does stuff to be able to minister to the moms of the AV. There are so many things here at our church that are going on that, yes, we do. Financially, we need help with them because we need to be able to continue to take care of the building, to take care of the, the different outings and things that we have. So today, can you prayerfully consider, if this is your first time here, we're so glad you're here. Don't even worry about it. But if this is a place you call home, church, let's just start getting deeply rooted into this place and begin to look with the eyes of Jesus. God, what opportunity are you giving me that I get to partner with you and I get to see you do something in the Antelope Valley? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for today. Lord, I thank you for this place. God, I thank you that there are so many things that you have called us to do in this valley. And God, in and of our own strength, we can't do it. So God, we call to you. We want to partner with you today as a church, as individuals. God, that we would have eyes to see the need, that we would have hearts open to give, and we would have hands to receive, Father. We love you so much. We give you everything that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a couple ways you can give here at Journey Church. In person, obviously, as the ushers come forward, you can give a check or you can give cash. Online, you can always give. And then this mobile app, or texting, give to 661-441-3511. If you're like me and you forget, you can just kind of have it do a continual thing and it'll take out um, whichever amount of time that you want it to take out. So you also get to endure me for a little bit longer with announcements, but I'm going to call Tom up, who's my dynamic Good duo. Good morning. Good morning, How you guys Tom. all doing today? Great. Good, yes. Two people hey, how are about doing Bianca good? singing? I think we should do this every Sunday, <laughs> don't you? That was so cool. I'm going to do it. You guys better watch it. I'm going to come up with new songs. Anyway, we are so excited that you are here today. If you are in fifth and sixth grade, you are dismissed to meet your teachers and head on over to the other building. Okay, so as she mentioned earlier, we are partnering with uh, different uh, organizations around here. Uh, this Wednesday, we're partnering with, uh, I can't say that word, sorry, I'm up here in front of all you guys, but we're okay. going to partner with our folks over at uh, Grace Resources, and they're going to be helping serve the hungry, and uh, we could definitely use your help. I know I was checking yesterday, we still need food, and we definitely need volunteers. So if you guys would like to do that, head on over to the hot spot, which is outside the door to the right, right, yep, and you can sign up. Thanks. 
We also have every single week our Connect Night, our Family Connect Night, which has been an awesome opportunity. Here at the main building, we have kids and adults. The program starts at 6.30 to 8 for adults and children. Um, and at the same time, simultaneously at our old building, the north building, we have our youth ministry going on. That starts at 6 o'clock. They have like a hangs time and... Then at 6.30, they'll start their program and be done at 8 as well. So it is an awesome day of the week because we have something for everybody in the family. I actually had one mom that couldn't make it last week, and she was feeling a little under the weather, and she's, she has a little one, and she said, is it still okay to bring my teenagers over at youth? Absolutely. That's what youth is for. It's a program for our youth kids so that they can connect with one another. So please, 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 if you have kids that age or any age, please bring them on Wednesday night. We would love to be able to serve you, the whole family. Absolutely. Everybody is invited to that. It's a lot of fun. And actually, we have a lot of Connect things going on. Uh, I'm looking around. It's dark out there. Where are all the men in the building? I wanted to say that. Grunt. Men are good. No, no. Oh, woos. come the on. Now. I need the more. girls. I need the guys like a prime like, evil like grunt. Yes. That's what I expect. Zach, you're going to be our spokesperson. Men. <laughs> all right. Listen. It's my turn. Stop. Sorry. <laughs> so anyways, we are uh, every Friday night this month, uh, month of October, we are having the Barbarian Circle. That's where guys get together. We grunt a lot, apparently. Uh, and we're going to meet at 7 o'clock up at the loft up here, right outside the coffee bar up in the corner up there. Uh, join us, man. It's a lot of fun. You should be there. And now, I don't remember my last <laughs> Guess what? We're going to welcome you guys all. <laughs> yes, we're going to welcome <laughs> Which we probably should have done at the beginning, right? That would have been Listen. the smart thing to do. And then the other thing we're going to do is... I had a song to memorize. That <laughs> yes. was difficult. Okay. okay. <laughs> would you guys like to hear her sing that one more time? No. We're going to actually... <laughs> I'm stealing your announcement. Let's stand up and let's give our partners or whoever's next to us a handshake or a hug. Welcome all. the button the wrong way it's all me sorry guys good morning everybody I know you've already heard that I'm glad you're here I'm glad you're welcoming in this this incredible weather with us as we kind of welcome in fall anybody love the fall anybody excited about it favorite time of the year man I can't wait trees start changing color we start seeing all of that beauty that you know just the change of seasons is special and I'm looking forward to it. I'm loving this the change in weather. Never really got our blazing hot summer like I feel I usually do, but I appreciate this change of seasons. Looking forward to the holidays as well. We got a lot of great stuff coming up. Don't forget we'll be having our foster teen Christmas chill party. We'll be uh, announcing that soon. You guys can be a part of what's going to happen there and the other good stuff. <clears throat> this morning, we're continuing our series called The Way. We're coming to the very end. We're going to have a wrap-up next week. 
what we're doing is we're kind of looking at what does it mean to to walk in the ways of Jesus. It's one thing to say I'm a Christian or I'm a Christ follower. We like that terminology, but what does that mean? Does that just mean that we believe a certain way about the Bible or this because we're not, you know, maybe we're not Muslim or a Buddhist, we're we're Christian. I mean, that's kind of how our country sees it, but what does it mean? What did Jesus mean when he said, come and follow me? What would it look like? And we've been investigating what it would look like if we actually began to form our life around the ways of Jesus. The invitation of Jesus was to come and follow me, and I'm going to transform you into people who are so attractive, it's like people are magnetized to you. You'll be fishers of men. That was a common idiom back there. Basically, I'm going to be, I'm a great teacher. I'm a person who just is, people just are drawn to me because of the life in me, and people are going to be drawn to you. And I'm just curious, is that true of anybody? I mean, is, is, it, is it like your life is just magnetic, and, and people just kind of like, they just, and it feels a little overwhelming at times because people want to get near you? Jesus was saying, there's a life that I want to give you that's it's going to be like a spring that comes up with from within and it's going to it's going to just kind of blast out kind of like like old faithful like a geyser that's just going to get all over the people near you and and that source is going to be full and it's abundant and in your life John 10:10 10, 10, I've come to give you life life to the full I want your life to be, in other words, not full as in busy, because that's how we interpret it. Well, I'm over, it's already full, Jesus. I don't want anything else. It's like, no, that's not what he's saying. He said abundant. That means this way of, of looking at life that it's like, I just, I just can't hold anymore. It's so good. I don't know if you're feeling that way about your life right now, but Jesus is saying, come and follow me. I want to introduce you into a way, a way of living. Because see, the other thing about Christianity is, for a generation or so, we have been really focused on, my upbringing was, was this is, we're really focused on what I would call the basic entry requirements for heaven. People wanted to come to church because they wanted to know what, if anything goes wrong, you know, if I die or, you know, if, if for some reason, you know, I, I pass before my, you know, time, before I'm old and have time to prepare, I, I kind of want to know how to prepare for the next life. I want to make sure I'm good with the, you know, man upstairs and all that, so... Christianity for a lot of people was just, it was an escape hatch. It was insurance. I want to do what I want to do now, but I still want to make it up there. So what do I have to do to get the best of both worlds? And we find ourselves in this crazy dichotomy of trying to live a separate way here than we intend to live there, as if heaven is something that happens to us one day when we get taken from this place. And Jesus was saying, listen, the message, the central message and the central metaphor for the life he entered us, he was invited us into, is the kingdom of heaven, and it's available now. That's the point of Jesus' life. The kingdom of heaven is, it's here. In other words, the reign of God has begun. The the place where God has his way in our lives, that's the kingdom of heaven, and it's available now. You don't have to wait till you die. It's not about the basic entry requirements. What does God require for me to get into heaven? It's about, I came to give you the life you were created for. If you're living less than that, then come to me. I want to give it to you, Jesus said. And so we've been breaking down the way that we, we've learned that to get this new life, we first of all have to come, all in, it's an all-in surrender to God and his plan. 
I can't keep saying, God, I want my plan and your plan. It's like, listen, my plan isn't working. My life is full, but it's full of a whole lot of emptiness and hurt and pain and just yearning and longing and things that I can't, I can't find the answers to. So I want your life. I want, I want your way. And it's a full buy-in to the fact that God provided a way to life through Jesus, his death, his burial, his resurrection, that when I put my faith in him, I step into that relationship with him. When I begin to follow him, he not only gives me salvation, that's like I'm forgiven of my sins, so past, present, and future, into heaven, all that's taken care of. But that's just the beginning place. A lot of Christians, that's where it ends, but that's just the starting point. He said, then I want to show you what it means to really live. So then we begin to reorder our lives, our affections, our desires, our will, our habits around the ways of Jesus. And that's what we've been talking about. And today we want to break down one of the practices Jesus formed his life around that was so central to everything he was and taught. And, and it's one you've heard about before. But before we begin, I want to remind you what I said last week about the practices of Jesus, the ways of Jesus, the life style of Jesus. I want to make it very clear. That's the spiritual practices or the disciplines as some call them are not how one enters the kingdom of God. You don't enter the kingdom of God by prayer and fasting or giving in the offering. I know some churches would like you to believe that, but it's not true. You don't get the kingdom of God by giving something. You get the kingdom of God by receiving something that's already given. This is not how one enters the kingdom of God. This is how one lives once we're in it. The practices are ways we live the fullness of life once we've given our heart and life and put our faith in Jesus. The point is to become skillful at following him so that we begin to see the kingdom of God come in our lives and in our community, in our world. And the more I, the more I live and walk and breathe in this world, the more I say, God, please, let your kingdom come. I am so broken over the way I see our world going in the direction. I mean, you can't even, you can't even watch a TV show anymore without just rampant, just, just putting everything in your face that just says, you're going to accept this. You're going to buy this. You're going to live. You're going to, this is the way it is. And it's almost like, you know, it's just this assault is constant. What we have to hear, what we have to see, what we have to experience, the way people live. The point of following Jesus is to become skillful at living the kingdom now, not one day when we go to heaven. It's to be like Jesus. And so we're cooperating with him in these practices, these ancient practices, because it's training us. Again, this isn't trying harder. This isn't do better. This is training us for how to live a new life. This is what John 2, 6 says. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. In other words, you want to claim you live in him, then live like him. That's the point. Start living like Jesus right now. <clears throat> and I'm not saying religious. Be religious. Jesus arranged his life around certain practices so that the life of God would flow through him. And that's what we're doing. We're learning to arrange our life around practices, patterns, habits. And so last week we talked about two different kinds of spiritual practices that we all come into contact with. First of all, is disengagement practices. That's where you stop doing something in order for your life to maybe take on a more focused perspective, like silence. 
solitude. We practiced it last Wednesday night. By the way, I'm just finding these Wednesday night things to be so meaningful in just making contact with you guys and, and spending time together and talking through what God's doing in our lives and discovering these practices together. I'm, I really am enjoying that. And we talked about silence and solitude last week. Fasting, another disengagement practice. We stop eating so that our spirits can be awakened. We Simplicity, we say no to a whole lot of stuff. We make room. Chastity, we stop other things. Sabbath, secrecy. These are all disengagement practices. And then there are the ones called engagement practices. Engagement practices are the ones where we act, we do, we accomplish. And that would be like scripture reading and study and prayer and communion and community and generosity and serving and worship. These are all engagement practices. So today, I'm going to talk about one of the engagement practices. And i got to be honest, um, I almost just skipped right over this because I don't know there's a single person in this building who has not heard one, if not 15 or 20 sermons on this topic. And I was like, you know, it's already been covered, been there, done that, you know, just move on. But I really felt compelled. I just, I felt I needed to talk about this. So we're, get, we're going to talk about this one. Today we're going to talk about this engagement practice called prayer. Prayer. Ruth Haley Barton, who wrote several really good books on the spiritual life, she said, simply put, prayer is all the ways in which we communicate and commune with God. The fundamental purpose of prayer is to deepen our intimacy with God. Let me just be honest. One of the reasons I think I I felt compelled to talk about prayer is because although we've all heard sermons, although we've all read probably books or passages or my guess is if, if the people I've been talking to and the folks that I'm having you know, conversations with, if that's any indication, there's a whole lot of knowledge about prayer. There's a whole lot of understanding and learning about prayer. But there's a whole lot of frustration. There's a whole lot of disillusionment. And there's a whole lot of lack of praying. A lot of people know prayer, hear prayer, understand prayer. They just don't pray. And, and I mean in any consistent, meaningful way. We get those little prayers that go up every now and then. How many times have you heard somebody ask for something or mention that there's something terrible going on in your life and say, oh, I'll be praying. What does that really mean? Uh, I thought about it once when you said it. You know, I, I was thinking, but what does it mean to pray? What does it mean to say, I'll be praying for you? Prayer, as Jesus explained it, is simply communicating with God in a way that causes our hearts and lives to align with God's so that his kingdom can break into the world through us it's it's my way of getting in a position to receive I was a I was a wide receiver in high school football and not a great one but I, I was I was okay but here's the point of that job my job was to get downfield and to be in position ready to receive so when the when the ball got thrown I could catch it and Take off for the goal. This is what God is saying. I, I want to do great things. I want to deliver on some really important things in your world. I want to give you things that, seriously, there's going to be so much rejoicing or there's going to be so much understanding. I want to do great things, but so often we're out of alignment. And I remember a few times when I was going post and the football was going left, and I'm thinking, what is going on? Something got crossed. And Sometimes it was me. 
<clears throat> do you ever feel like your prayer life is that? It's like, I've just, I'm out here, and I'm like waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and God isn't delivering. And this is one of the things. Jesus says that, man, communicating with God, this is our way of lining up, getting our hearts tuned in so that we're in position for when he's acting and doing in the world, and he wants to use somebody to participate in his kingdom. So today what I want to do is I want to break down Matthew 6 where Jesus taught his disciples something really significant about this. Jesus' disciples had been following him. At this point, they've been following him for a while, and um, they're basically watching his every move. They're with him 24-7. They do everything together. And Jesus, what they're noticing is he talked to the Father a lot. He seemed to always be breaking away and wanting to spend time in solitude and silence. But when he was with them even, and he had those moments where they could watch him, his prayers were unlike anything they'd seen because most of their prayers were, were ritualistic. They were like memorized prayers, much like we learned in childhood. Now I lay me down to sleep or, you know, the ones we say over our food when we, when we say grace or whatever. But unlike those prayers, when Jesus talked to God, to the Father, it was so personal. It was, it was like he was talking to somebody that he was really close to. Jesus had a conversation rather than a ritual. So they were like, man, we don't, we don't know how to relate to God that way. So help us do that. We want to know how, we, how you're doing. We want to we connect with God the way you connect with God. And another thing, when Jesus prayed, things happened. I mean, he had an effect on reality. When he prayed, reality shifted to align with him. And they were like, well, how do we do that? I mean, when you pray over that broken bone, the bone, like, came together. When you prayed over that guy with eye sockets and no eyeballs, I mean, eyeballs came out of that mud you put in there. How did that happen? How do we participate in the things of God? How do we join God in the renewal of all things that's begun here on the earth with your coming? How do we join in this? And Jesus said prayer. Prayer is the starting point. Prayer is the place we begin to make the connection between the eternal and the temporal. Prayer is the place we begin to join the kingdom of this world with the kingdom of the coming age. Prayer is the place where we begin to see the hand of God do those things that we thought were only completely impossible, the divine suspension of natural laws because it's reordering itself in the ways God always meant it to be. Prayer is the way you and I engage the supernatural. But Jesus said, prayer is more than that. Prayer is how you and I engage our Father. Teach us to pray, they said. So they came to him and said, Jesus, teach us to pray. So in Matthew 6, verse 5, we pick up that, the passage. So Jesus said, okay, when you pray... Don't be like the hypocrites, but they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. Ever been in a church service or been to a Bible study or been in a religious environment where somebody just had a prayer that just went on and on and it was just like, oh, come on. And you could tell it was just kind of like, it was more for you to hear than for God. It was just like, it was a show, it was put on, it was, <clears throat> it was kind of like, this is not authentic. This is kind of like a memorized thing, or this is a show. But Jesus said that was happening all the time at the temple. So he said, but when you pray, go into your room, <clears throat> close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. 
And Jesus just admits right there, I mean, God's invisible, right? Let's just own it. God has chosen to keep himself out of view in that sense. But what they hadn't realized is that actually he's made himself flesh and blood and he's walking right next to you. But for your understanding, the father is unseen. And then your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they're going to be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them. For your father knows what you need, even before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven, also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So we're going to just kind of break this down. I'm, as, as Tyler mentioned, I'm a practical person. I listen to sermons all the time and I say, yes, but how? I want to know, how do I do that? And Jesus wanted to get really, really practical, so he just put something, and I'm just going to kind of go through this and break it down a little bit. I know you've probably been there, but to be honest, I think some of you are discouraged with your prayer life. I think some of you are disheartened with your communication with God. I think some of you wish you had a different kind of relationship with the Father. And so I just want this to hopefully reestablish, first of all, the truth about God's will and desire for your relationship. And second, I hope it inspires you to step in and begin to start living in this one-on-one -on -one relationship with a God who's crazy about you, who is tuned into your every word and every whisper. So when we, here's what he says. First, prayer should be regular. When you pray, not if you pray. In the Jewish world, this was common. In the pagan world or those who were non-Jews, you know, Jews, um, for those of us who didn't grow up in a religious world or whatever, for those of you who did not have this background, Jesus was letting us know that the relationship of the Father is just that. It's a relationship, and it's meant to be a regular thing. I mean, I'm crazy about Lori, but if I only came home once a week and said, okay, here's the shopping list. I need to take care of these things. How are the kids? Let's check on, you know, how, how's the house? If I only checked in once in a while, it would feel a little weird. As a matter of fact, it wouldn't be much of a relationship at all. After a while, there would be reason for her to doubt my love if I just dropped in occasionally just to check in and ask for things. There would be a reason for her to begin to wonder, are you really into this or are you just doing this out of obligation? And how many religious people, how many Christ followers are just religious? They just check in once in a while. They don't really understand that this was meant to be a day-by-day, moment-by-moment, breathing in and out of God and his ways and, and walking with him through the everyday experiences. When you pray, when you breathe, when you walk, when you talk, when you work, when you live, when you whatever you do, when you hang out with your kids, when you watch that Netflix show, when, when, when you live. God the Father is right there, and I want you to be aware of his presence. Not if, but as you do this. Something really special about the relationship and with God and what he wants to have with you. So be aware, first of all, that God is there. And when you, are, when you awaken to the fact that God is with you every moment of every day, you're in relationship, you're in communion. But then he goes on, he said, listen... 
because of the way that religion has been carried out in the public sector, because of the way people have come to understand how God works in the world, that if you make a big show, you make a big offering, you, you do religious things, then God answers your prayers, I'm going to remove all that. Let's make it personal. I want, you to go into your, so I want you to go into your room and shut the door. So the next thing he's saying, it should be private. It should be, it's regular and private. In other words, it's really good to connect with God when you can focus on God. It's really good. I, I mean, I love hanging out with Lori every day, but, you know, we, we obviously have jobs, and she's, you know, working these 10, 12 hours a day, and I'm gone a lot. So when, when we get together, we, we have made a focused time that we're going to spend time every evening catching up and bringing our two worlds together. And we're going to spend time every day just, just, just rejoicing over the things God did, walking through some of the things that we struggled with, talking about some of the things that we wonder and are curious about. And, and then once a week, we just come together for date night, and it's just like, let's hang out, let's just have some fun. This is a, but it's a private thing. There are times when you can just, man, moment by moment, just talk and breathe, and just, God, you're with me, and I'm so grateful, and help me with this situation. But then there are times when it's just like, God, I want to give you my full attention. I, I just want to be with you, and I want to share with you what's going on in my life, and I want to get your perspective on things, and I want to I get lined up again. I want to get in a position to have this receiving and giving relationship. So I'll go to a private place. He said, go in your room, go into your closet, shut the door. Because for me, I'm so, easy, I'm so ADD that I have to have places where I can literally be quiet before God. And many times it's just the silence of the morning. Everybody's relationship is a little different, so please don't take any of this as like commandment. This is, this is like practices. We're going to try on things till we get what we really can walk in. All of us are different. Some of you are morning people. Man, you wake up with the sun like my eyes, I'm awake before my eyes even open most of the time. I mean, I just wake up, wake, woke up. I'm like all ready to go. My mind doesn't have to catch up. I don't have to, you know, get out of that groggy state and just open my eyes. Boop, it's over. It's sleep's done. Time to go. Other people, it's like you don't even realize you're awake until three cups of coffee. And then it's like, oh, now, I, oh, this is daytime. It takes a while. We're all different. Some of you to pray in the morning would be the worst idea because you couldn't remember what you're supposed to pray about anyway. Some of you, it's like you need that extra 15 or 20 minutes, so it may be a little bit further into the day. Maybe it's noon, maybe it's evening, but I like to start my day that way. And I'm not going to make it a commandment, but I'm just saying if that works for you, it's really, really good to centralize your life around what God's doing and just kind of make yourself, even if you don't have a, an extended prayer time, to start your day with just an awareness of God's presence and taking it in is a powerful thing. Just, just take that time alone with him. Prayer should be personal. He said, don't use vain repetition. Don't just do mechanical formulas. I know some church history um, and, and some religious you know, organizations like to use a lot of memorized, and, and I get it. It's because we have a hard time remembering certain things and we, we forget we just forget all the time. So they give you ways to memorize and put, you know, scripture to memory and all that. And that's amazing. But folks, if your prayers are mechanical and rehearsed, you're missing out on the point. The point is not to say words to God. He doesn't need words. The point is to be with your father. The point is to be in his presence. The point is to just simply let go of all that is built up the crud and the junk in your heart and just get just totally free again 
And, and that's where you, it's, it's got to be personal. Let it be personal, not just somebody else's words or some repetition. When actually we begin to pray, Jesus said, talk to God in a personal way. And as a matter of fact, then he gets into it. He goes, pray this way. Say, our Father. I love that he starts the prayer that way. Our Father. He doesn't say, my Father. He doesn't say, your Father. He goes, our Father. In other words, God is the Father of all who have come to him to become his children. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You come to the Father through me. So everybody who has put their faith in Jesus has become a child of God. The Bible talks a lot about this in the New Testament, about how the inheritance happens when we step into Christ. We step into the inheritance. We step into all that Jesus provided in the Calvary exchange. We get all of that. And God becomes our Heavenly Father, our Abba. He says, our Father in Heaven. In other words, man, step into it as if he's your dad. It's a conversation with your Father in Heaven. <clears throat> Connect with him. I love the father word. The word father is used 419 times in 372 verses in the King James alone. The Sermon on the Mount, Jesus speaks of our father 17 times. This is something that he's trying to drill into us. Don't picture him as that far away being out there, the man upstairs. This, this is your heavenly father. It's a dramatic word in the Greek, pater. It's basically the nourisher, protector, upholder. The idea is the closest relative who's crazy about you and looks forward to meeting all of your needs and being with you. He loves you, wants to take care of you. So approach him that way. Think of him that way. Rather than try and hide from him, run. Father, in heaven. And then Hallowood, it goes into how do we recognize that he is the other. He is God. He is super supernatural he is like holy he is different from me and which requires respect and awe and reverence but then prayer is inviting god to have his way in our lives so the kingdom that he wants to bring breaks into the world through me your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven god i want up there to come down here i want your ways to be done in me and if i don't know how to pray this is what i pray god i don't know do what you want have your way I'm calling, get what you want done in me. Prayer is then asking our Abba, our Daddy, our Father to provide what we need. Give us today our daily bread. Personally, relationally, financially, God, I have needs. And Jesus even said, if you then, though you're evil, you know how to give good gifts to your kids? How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And he's saying, ask. Prayer is asking. You know, when we pray for our needs, that's petition. When we pray for the needs of others and their, their needs are intercession. And those are just two simple things. I pray for both. I pray for what's going on in my life, and I pray for what's going on in other people's lives. Prayer is asking forgiveness for sins and offering forgiveness to others. God, forgive me my debts in the same way I forgive those who owe me a debt. Forgive me for my trespasses. Forgive me for my sins, just like I'm forgiving everybody else for theirs. In other words, God, let the grace flow into me because I need it to forgive everybody else. You know, that guy that, that really, really ticked me off, that, that person I really want to hurt, yeah, I'm forgiving them, God, and I, I, because I want your forgiveness, and I want that forgiveness just to flow through me. Forgive me. 
Prayer is asking God to direct our lives away from evil and the enemy's traps. God, don't, don't let me fall into temptation. I know what I'm like. I know my, I am so prone to just do stupid stuff out of impulse or desire or let mis, misled emotion or whatever. So God, don't let me be led into temptation. Deliver me from the evil one's traps. Folks, these are the ways Jesus taught us to pray. It's, it's got power. It's, it's, God is so eager to answer this. So let me just give you a practical way that maybe if you're looking for, well, then how, how do I put that together? Something really simply, and it's just the acronym PRAYER. So if, if you want an acrostic, something, an acronym, just use the word PRAY. Let's break that down. PRAY stands for, I mean, P stands for praise, but first of all, pause and praise. Some of us, to be honest, <clears throat> we can't stop and just go from this to that to that to that. Our bodies and our minds, it's kind of like we're in different time zones. I mean, sometimes <clears throat> I show up to a meeting, and I'll be honest, my body is there. My mind is somewhere completely different. And my heart is still somewhere else. Can you, can you kind of just agree that sometimes you get someplace or you're in a situation and you know the person across from you is like, and you're just, your body is there and you're doing this, but your inside is somewhere completely separate. That's why when you come, when it comes to praying, when it comes to time with the Father, when it comes to beginning to step into this relationship where you're being formed by the presence of God and His daily engagement with you, it's time to pause, take a breath, slow down, stop for a minute. I, I love when Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying, carrying heavy burdens, I will give you rest. In other words, the first stopping place for most of us before we really engage what God wants to do in our lives and through our lives is just to stop and rest a moment. Catch your breath. Get in alignment with him. A starting place for a life following Jesus is just to slow down. I love the verse, Psalms 46.10. Tyler read it this morning in our pre-service team time. It's be still and know that I am God. Be still. Be still. Be still. Stop. Pause. Because only after we've slowed down, the chaos of our world begin to right itself. It's kind of like our mind, our body, and our heart need to get back into one place so that we can actually be there. Have you ever been at a lunch meeting or coffee or dinner with somebody and they were doing this the whole time? I mean, that is so nice. Isn't it great? Have you ever been with your kids at dinner and they never set their phone down? Have you ever been with somebody that you were there, you were sitting down to whatever that was you were sharing together, but they were not there? And, and we don't want to guilt, shame, or force somebody to be with us. We just want them to want to be there. That's why it's really hard. It's like, would you please stop that? And you offend them, you frustrate them because they're really into what they're doing, but it's kind of like, did we, is this anything to you? That's kind of how I feel it must be to God sometimes. We rush in and say, okay, here's the prayer list. Here's, what I, here's my obligatory moment with you. And God's just like, I just want to be with you. And that's why it's, it's stop, pause, pause. <clears throat> and once you've centered yourself, your heart, mind, and body are together. With a couple deep breaths and just getting your focus, that's when you begin to praise 
that's when you begin to read a psalm. That's when you begin to think about how good God is because you can't even think about how good God is until your mind is present. You can't even think about it. And that's one of the reasons I like to do it in the morning because the morning is crisp and beautiful. So many times as the sun rises over the valley and you just, you just see the glory of God or at a sunset and you just take it in. You just happen to be in a place where you can take a moment. Ah, God, you're good. I know I'm not, I'm not finding my pleasure or my joy in the circumstances, but I'm finding, my, I'm finding it in you. You are too good to pass up. Maybe this week you, you just need to stop and bring yourself to, to a place where you can hear just for a moment the reminder of God that he's with you. He loves you. He's crazy about you. He's lined up to deliver into your life what you need. Just slow down. Thank him. Celebrate all the ways that he's been good to you. Celebrate all the things he's brought into your life and just, and just acknowledge the fact that he is God and, and he is good. And that you trust him. Praise. And then the R. P-R, and the R is for repent, which is, means realign yourself. Jesus said, forgive us our debts. Forgive me. God, I've done stuff. And can I just be honest? For me, I've learned that it doesn't work to say, God, all the junk that I've done, yeah, just kind of, can you overlook it because of Jesus? Can you, you know, I know he died for it, and I'm embarrassed I did it, but, you know, just kind of, that would be kind of like, just say, for instance, not that this ever happens, that a pastor was really grumpy to his wife this week. And just something, you know, that maybe the one of those exchanges where it's kind of like, bang, 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 bang. and on her end, of course, mine would be different. But there is this exchange that's a little snappy and a little bit snarky and sarcastic. And after that exchange, one goes away and looks at themselves and said, I don't like myself when I'm like that. He doesn't like me either. Um, just saying it could happen to someone. And you, rather than just like, hey, you know, if you did what just happened, you know, if you took me, you know, what I said in the wrong way, you know, then, you know, just get over it. Now, that would be kind of like some of us, how we approach God. Sorry, God, you know, yeah, I did it again, but whatever. But what really moves me in relationship to be more like Jesus, to encounter the kingdom of heaven more in my life, to feel like I'm changing and making progress is when I go afterward and I say, hey, you know what? I was a jerk. Sorry about that. I chose to treat you poorly, and I own it, and I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? And this, for me, not only brings my attention to what happened, but it also brings the freedom of the forgiveness moment where we can reconcile with, with God. It's so good for us to just come and call it out. God, you know this week when this thing happened and I did this and I said that or I watched this or something, I recognize that's out of alignment with who I want to be and what you're, what you're bringing and forming in my life. I violated that. Forgive me. And and. Make me more like Jesus. Next time, help me to be ahead of time aware that trap is there and step around it. Forgive me. And God, for all those people who stepped all over me this week and violated me, I forgive them. I let it go. R. Then we move on. <clears throat> and that's just confession. That's just, it's just returning to the right place with God. It's renewing my connection with him. A is ask. Ask, give today our daily bread. Ask, 
We're taught to ask God for all of our needs. We're told that Jesus said, everything you need, God can provide it. Ask him. Ask him. Why don't you ask? Ask, seek, and knock. I mean, you just ask, ask, ask. As a matter of fact, I was reading somewhere that Jesus said over 20 times in the New Testament to ask God for things. 20 times. He's like, do I have to remind you again? Ask. Talk to God. Ask him. Ask him. Ask him. (coughs) Big, small, everything. Ask him. (coughs) Matthew 7-11. Ask. Ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, you'll find. Knock, the door will be open. For anyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. To him who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asks for a fish, gives him a snake? Or when, you, though you're evil, you know good gifts when you have, right? So does your father. How much more does your father in heaven want to give good gifts? Those who ask him, ask. And this is where we just kind of give God our prayer requests. God, here's what's going on in my life. That job thing, that situation. If you guys want to be praying... If you don't know what to ask for, hey, can you pray for the church? We are in the search mode for a couple staff members. Brienne, who's been our kids' director for a season, has, uh, she's in nursing school. She's going in full bore for the nursing program, and she can't do both. So we have an opening where we're going to be searching for a kids' pastor, the worship pastor. We've had volunteers, Brett, John. These guys have been leading it. John's been running these things for years now, and, um, and we're, they're all volunteers. And we're, it's time that we, we move in that direction. We have, because of, guys, because your faithfulness, we, we have resources to now maybe hire some more staff. So we're doing that. And be in prayer that God guides us. We are taking some really exciting steps in our journey as a church. So be in prayer about that. <clears throat> also, God loves to give good gifts. So ask for the blessings that you know you need. Ask for the provision. Not just asking for anything, but the things that you know. God, I need this. Provide it. God, I really yearn for this. Can you open a door? And of course, I always align it with God. According to your will, the final one is wise, yield. And basically, it's say yes to God. But God, whatever you want. However, your kingdom comes best in my life. I want to align it with that. I'm yielding my will to yours. I'm just saying, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. That's what I want. Folks, I know there's nothing new and revolutionary in this. I'm just wanting to encourage you. Because my life for for so many years was just do it because it needed to be done. It was the right thing. And you get brownie points in heaven for doing the right things. I'm so over that. I'm so over empty religion. I'm so over doing the right thing because it's the right thing. I'm so over just trying to get God's favor and love because I've come into a relationship with a God who is crazy about me, and I want this to be your relationship. The past few days, my prayer time has been centered around Psalms 23. <clears throat> I've just been praying it silently and quietly. I've just been sitting <clears throat> for a, this, an extended period of time just in the presence of God. And folks, it is so rich, and it is so good just to be in this moment. I'm like, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I shall not want good i just am reading this he makes me lie down in green pastures once again he stops me he stops me and he makes me rest he makes me rest he starts with this point of just getting all my heart and life together and and then he leads me on but folks i'm i'm just wanting you to know that of the disciplines that we can form in our lives of all these disciplines there are a couple that will absolutely transform you if you just begin to practice them and again not guilt not out of have to but if you're wanting to open your heart to step into more and more and more of what Jesus had in, in mind when he said, come follow me, I'm going to give you the fullness of life, 
then it's going to have to leave religion. <clears throat> it's going to have to leave, have to. It's going to have to leave that season of, I do this so I don't feel guilty. It has to become, <clears throat> I want the full reign of God in my life so I can experience the full life Jesus had in mind. I want to begin living in these ways. And folks, prayer is one of the ways that you are going to connect the dots in your life. And if you take just some simple steps to make this a priority in your day, in your life, again, not under guilt, not under if I go home at night and I didn't pray, oh, God's mad at me. None of that. It's about a relationship. Lori knows when I had to work late and I'm not home till the 9.30, 10 o'clock or whatever if I come home late. She knows my schedule, my life, and she is delighted to be with me when we are together. And she's disappointed when we can't be. But it's not like, oh, I don't get it. Why didn't you pray today? God wants your relationship. As the band comes and as we close, <clears throat> I want to encourage you to practice some things. This week, again, not out of guilt and have to, but as a way of just really beginning to come, come into the practices that will shape you, form you. I just encourage you to, to get some time and just be quiet with God. And for some of you, it's reading the Psalms. For some of you, it's reading a passage in the New Testament. And just beginning to let God speak to you. And then just bring the prayer, the P-R-A-Y that we just talked about. <clears throat> Pause and praise. Repent and renew. Ask and yield. Just bring your little, just bring your life in alignment with God and just wait on him to see what he'll do. I'm praying, folks, for a re an absolute renewal in your life. I'm praying for a renewal in our church. I'm praying for a renewal in our kingdom, and we, in, in our community, and, and we call that re revival. I'm praying for God to have his way. I'm praying his kingdom come, his will be done in our community as in heaven. And I just want you to join me in that prayer. Have your way, God. Have your way. Next week we wrap up. I want to I just have you join me in closing prayer as we prepare to head out. God, as we close today, again, there's somebody here today, there's some reason here today that we were called to just work through these, these words again. And God, as we renew our heart and our commitment to just walk with you in this way, we pray that you would just kind of lead us, Lord, into that sense of relationship that is like alive and active, powerful. That we would get out of the season of it's like religious duty. It's somehow my responsibility and I'm going to keep God from being mad. God, that we would begin to experience fullness of life as we trust you, follow you, and are renewed by you. This is our prayer. We, ask, we just ask this week that it would be a brand new experience as we begin walking in a prayer life with our Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me, folks. We're going to wrap up in this final song. When you speak, confusion fades. Just a word. Suddenly I'm not afraid Cause when you speak Freedom reigns And there is hope 
Thank you, church. Have a good week. We'll see you next Sunday.